everyone. I'm Debbie Roberts, owner and financial advisor at Property Apprentice. Join us today for the weekend review where I talk about current events for the everyday investor and home buyer. Our topics for this week, number one, from landlords.co.nz on the 28th of November, new government, new property rules. Yay! Second topic from CoreLogic on the 29th of November, an OCR decision of words, not actions. Topic number three, landlords.co.nz on the 29th of November, weaker than expected. Topic number four, the Mortgage Mag 29th of November, mortgage lending should be removed from the triple CFA. Topic number five, from landlords.co.nz on the 30th of November, too expensive and wrong, new property manager regulations needed. Okay, so first up for this week in review from landlords.co.nz on the 28th of November, New government, new property rules. The recently established coalition government is swiftly addressing key issues, particularly impacting the property sector. A notable development is the accelerated reintroduction of mortgage interest deductibility, allowing property investors to claim 60% this tax year, 80% in the tax year from 24 to 25, and 100% in 25 to 26. Now, I've got to admit, when I first read the coalition agreement, I misread that completely. So this is better than I first thought. And when I was interviewed on the News Talk ZB Property Hour, I got it wrong. If you, so if you've heard that recording, I talked about how from the 1st of April, property investors were going to be able to claim 60%, but that's not right. It's actually 60% this tax year and 80% from the 1st of April next year, and 100% from the 1st of April 2025. So, yeah, exciting. Now, Sue Harrison, President of the New Zealand Property Investors Federation, sees this change as a positive step, no doubt, like every other investor in New Zealand, because it's going to relieve investors burdened by the tax, which is a significant obstacle to the housing and rental markets. Despite not expecting an immediate surge in investor activity, Due to an additional year of tax payments, she acknowledges that it will curb property sales driven by financial constraints because property investors can see a light at the end of the tunnel. While investors face ongoing challenges such as higher mortgage rates, council rates and insurance, the mortgage data for October indicates a gradual return of investors to the market, with borrowing exceeding $1 billion for the second time this year. The share of new mortgages to investors has risen to 17.7%, reflecting a slow but steady increase since June. The National Party's proposal to impose a 15% tax on properties over $2 million for foreign buyers has been abandoned, impacting the upper end of the market. However, the NZPIF believes it could benefit local investors by reducing competition with foreigners and potentially improving the rental situation. The Labour government's reform of the Resource Management Act, now divided into the Natural and Built Environment Act and the Spatial Planning Act, will be repealed by the new government before Christmas. While this move may affect developers more than investors, the NZPIF emphasises the need for practical long-term solutions to address the housing shortage, suggesting that the establishment of a working group or think tank to explore housing options for the increasing number of migrants entering New Zealand. Second topic for this week in review from CoreLogic on the 29th of November, an OCR decision of words, not actions. The Reserve Bank of New Zealand, RBNZ, 
has opted to maintain the official cash rate, or OCR, at 5.5%, which aligns with the expectations from just about every economist in New Zealand. Recent data reaffirms the anticipated trends featuring a decline in CPI inflation and a slight uptick in the unemployment rate since the previous decision in October. The monetary policy statement highlighted the committee's considerations regarding the impact of high population growth on demand and the potential consequences of sustaining inflation above the target. The government's policy program, yet to be fully incorporated into official forecasts, was acknowledged as a factor influencing economic activity and inflation. Notably, the updated OCR track revealed an upward revision to the OCR peak, now projected at 5.69 in September 24, compared to the earlier forecast of 5.59 in June 24. Now, that doesn't mean that the Reserve Bank has plans to increase the OCR. I think they're just uh, putting that just in case inflation is a little bit stickier than expected because certainly worldwide inflation has been stickier. Consequently, the timing of proposed OCR cuts has been postponed with no expected decrease until the end of 2025. My personal opinion on this is that the Reserve Bank has been very careful to use their language as a way of controlling inflation more than potential threats of OCR increases. So I still wouldn't be surprised if we get an OCR cut earlier than the end of 2025. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if we get an OCR cut before the middle of next year, 24. Um, but it will obviously depend on the data that comes out in those months leading up to that. So I think the Reserve Bank has done the right thing by giving you know stern warnings that there is potential for it to increase. I just personally think it's unlikely that they're going to need to increase further from where we currently are. Despite the possibility of a need to raise the OCR in the current cycle, like I said just a minute ago, the likelihood does remain low due to favourable recent data trends. This implies a continuation of the higher for longer scenario concerning the OCR, contributing to the ongoing challenge for new borrowers in meeting serviceability tests and existing mortgage holders preparing for higher debt servicing costs during loan repricing. While mortgage rates are influenced by various factors beyond the OCR, such as swap rates, the Reserve Bank's assertive stance on the OCR diminishes the prospects of significant short-term rate reductions within a 12-month horizon. Consequently, housing market activity and prices are expected to be constrained, particularly in the event of additional job losses. Anticipating a slow and uneven housing market recovery due to factors such as stretched affordability, elevated mortgage rates, and potential debt-to-income ratio caps in 2024, which I personally think is unlikely for them to introduce until we get into the next property boom, which is a way away, the outlook does remain fairly consistent. Although sales volumes are projected to increase, even a 10% growth in the coming year would leave them at a relatively low level. Price gains are estimated to be modest, ranging from 3 to 5% in 2024, according to CoreLogic, and that would obviously be nationwide estimates. Some areas will increase in value more, more than others. If you'd like to learn more about investing in property, join me at one of our free events called How to Succeed with Property Investing. I'll discuss strategies for successful investing from my perspective as an experienced investor and a financial advisor. And these events are available live online 
or in person in our office in Ellerslie in Auckland. Check out propertyapprentice.co.nz for upcoming dates and register today. We don't sell property, so it's all about increasing your knowledge to reduce your risk. If you've already been to one of our free events and would like to find out more about how we can help you to reach your financial goals, you can also book a no-obligation phone call or meeting with my husband, Paul Roberts, via the website. That's propertyapprentice.co.nz. Third topic for this week in review from landlords.co.nz on the 29th of November, weaker than expected. ANZ anticipates a 0.4% decline in house prices for the remainder of the year, revising its earlier 0.2% increase forecast. Nationally, house prices remain significantly below their peak, and ANZ projects that will take years to reach those levels again. Chief Economist Sharon Zollner notes a wait-and-see approach, citing the need for November's post-election REINZ data before further adjustments. The bank highlights weakness in sales and new listings indicators, with October seeing a decline in house sales across major markets. New listings, slightly exceeding last year's levels, may hinder meaningful price increases amid an already substantial inventory. ANZ attributes the downward revision to factors such as election inertia and potential impacts from recent policy changes. Zona acknowledges risks of lower-than-expected price rises next year due to modest increases in mortgage rates and labour market fluctuations. Conversely, she notes potential risks from favourable landlord policies by the new coalition government. Rising unemployment may affect credit availability adding uncertainty for credit providers. Topic number four from the Mortgage Mag on the 29th of November, mortgage lending should be removed from the Triple CFA. The Triple CFA, which was the Credit Contracts and Consumer Finance Act aimed at protecting consumers, is slated for a rewrite by the National Act Coalition. The objective is to safeguard vulnerable consumers without restricting credit access unnecessarily aligning with National's plan to reduce financial red tape. David Green, founder of Advice HQ, advocates removing mortgages from triple CFA, asserting that applying rules for credit cards to mortgages is counterproductive. The current legislation has overly constrained banks, leading to cautious lending practices. Andrew Bailey, Minister of Commerce and Consumer Affairs, plans to repeal the 2021 legislation and subsequent amendments, introducing new regulations to prevent high-cost lenders from exploiting vulnerable individuals while still leaving banks free to lend responsibly. The previous government's failure to address personal fines for directors and senior managers under Triple CFA has made banks excessively cautious. The one-size-fits-all affordability directives hinder mortgage lending ease, necessitating a relaxation of liability provisions for a return to pre-2021 credit accessibility levels. So, yeah, I think personally it would be a good thing for the banks to be removed from triple CFA as well uh, because, you know, they're already faced with a responsible lending code, which is evidenced by the low levels of mortgagee sales that we're seeing in the market at the moment. And even, you know, when you think about it, the New Zealand banks faced the um, global financial crisis pretty well as well. So fifth topic for this week in review, landlords.co.nz, 30th of November, too expensive and wrong. New property manager regulations needed. 
The Residential Property Managers Association, or RPMA, is seeking a new property manager's bill and aims to discuss this with Housing Minister Chris Bishop. RPMA Chairman David Pearce criticises the existing Labour-introduced model, deeming it overly bureaucratic without enhancing service quality for tenants or property owners. The bill, which affects 42% of the residential property market, mandates registration, licensing, training and practice standards for property managers overseen by the Real Estate Authority, or the REA. RPMA opposes the bill's similarity to the Australian system and advocates for a fresh approach contending that property management doesn't align with real estate regulations focused on sales. An additional concern is the turnover in the industry, with Australian data showing property managers lasting only nine months on average due to challenges in workload and focus on sales. RPMA proposes a standalone association akin to those in other professions advocating for a uniform qualification and association regardless of the employer. It cites success in other professions that have independent training, qualification standards and disciplinary processes. RPMA recommends incorporating private landlords into the bill, citing increased compliance and stability where all, ra- all landlords are regulated. Despite 182 submissions favouring this inclusion, the exact number of landlords in New Zealand remains uncertain. RPMA previously suggested mirroring the Rent Smart Wales system, requiring registration and providing details publicly for accountability. Private landlords argue against regulation, asserting direct rent handling and recourse through the Tenancy Tribunal. RPMA emphasises the benefits of comprehensive regulation, citing improved stability and standards in countries where all landlords are regulated. My personal opinion on this is that there's got to be a happy medium, you know, and I think it would be quite good for private landlords, you know, people who manage their own rental properties. I think it would be good for them to have certain standards that they need to meet in addition to the Tenancy Act, because we do still unfortunately have a very small percentage of unscrupulous landlords, you know, the ones that generally make the headlines as slumlords. So I think having regulation in the industry would be beneficial for tenants and it would also be good for property owners as a whole, you know, private landlords and landlords who have their properties professionally managed by property managers. As property values tend to rise during economic upswings, having a plan in place ensures timely decision making. Obviously, we're not yet in an economic upswing, but that time will come. Same with the property market. When the property market starts to recover, everyone starts to feel a little bit more confident about things in general. Having a strategy will help you to avoid impulsive decisions driven by market hype. If you don't have a strategy in place and you'd like to get one underway before we get further into the recovery and into the next boom, join me at one of our upcoming free events called How to Succeed with Property Investing in order to learn more. As an experienced property investor and a licensed financial advisor, I'll be sharing valuable insights and expert tips to help you on your journey. And if you'd like to become a client of ours, I'll tell you about how we could help you through that process as well. If you're already a client of ours, thank you for putting your trust in us and you'll already know that you get access to lifetime coaching support. 
our free events cater to all levels of property investors and first-home buyers. I'll also tell you more about how we help our clients achieve their financial goals. So if you're interested in finding out more about what we do, visit propertyapprentice.co.nz today, secure your spot and register for one of our upcoming events. It's a great time to start planning how you're going to improve your life from 2024. Alternatively, you can book a no-obligation phone call or meeting with my husband, Paul Roberts, through our website as well at propertyapprentice.co.nz. Thanks for listening.